This Money Wise podcast is underwritten in part by Sound Mind Investing. For more than 30 years, do-it-yourself investors have relied on SMI for proven strategies and trustworthy guidance. SMI helps people build wealth so they can provide for their families, prepare for the future, and give generously. You can learn more at soundmindinvesting.org. This year saw the stock market go from a rocket launch to a roller coaster ride, and many investors have decided to climb off. Hi, I'm Rob West. If you pulled out of the market before your portfolio could crash and burn, you needed a place to put your money. Today, I'll talk to Mark Biller about an option you may want to consider, money market funds. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, Mark Biller joins us again today. He's the executive editor at Sound Mind Investing, where they've been watching interest rates like a hawk. Mark, great to have you back with us. Thanks, Rob. Good to be back with you. So, Mark, money market funds haven't been too popular in recent years, but you have an article in your latest newsletter about how that might be changing. So why don't you fill us in? Yeah, that's right. So first of all, you know, there are a few different reasons why people might find themselves with a decent slug of cash that's looking for a home. You know, one is when a person completes their three to six month emergency savings goal and they're looking for the best place to store that cash safely. Another is what you referenced in the opening a moment ago when an investor either takes money out of the market temporarily or maybe they've got money to invest that they just haven't put to work yet. Uh, whatever the reason or the purpose of the cash holding, one old option that's largely been abandoned over the last decade or so is back in play now with today's higher interest rates, and that's the money market mutual fund. So a money market mutual fund, we'll just call it a money market fund, is just a specific type of mutual fund that invests in really short-term really safe debt. It's usually debt that's issued by the government. In some cases, maybe large banks and corporations, depending on the type of the money market fund. But in either case, because the debt is so short-term and issued by really solid sources, the risk in a money market fund is extremely low. On the other hand, rates tend to be quite a bit higher than what most banks are typically paying on their savings accounts. So low risk, higher rates, you can see why this is an attractive combination. And money markets aren't anything new. They've been around for about half a century. And for most of that time, they've been an excellent option for people's really safe cash holdings. Yeah, that's right. But that changed in 2008, didn't it, Mark? Yeah, it really did. And the main reason for that was that following the global financial crisis in 2008, the Federal Reserve lowered short-term interest rates to almost zero and then yeah. just left them there for about a decade. So when there's no yield really to be found anywhere, taking the extra step of using a money market fund just doesn't make any sense. And so people quit doing it. But now that short-term rates are back up in the 4% or so range, money market funds are back in the game, 
and investors are starting to pay attention over the last several months. Um, net assets invested in money market funds has really surged. Yeah, and money market funds, Mark, are appealing on the one hand because they are paying higher rates right now, but also because they're particularly good when rates are continuing to rise. Explain that to our listeners. Yeah, it's exactly right. So money market funds tend to reflect changes in interest rates really quickly because the short-term loans that make up their portfolio are constantly being repaid and new ones issued. So for example, Last month's 3.5% loan is replaced by today's 4% loan, and then that loan's replaced a couple weeks from now by a 4.5% loan. Mm -hmm. And that makes them perfect for a period of rising rates like we've had this year. Now, I should point out, Rob, that while money market funds are great for their specific job, which is storing really short-term liquid cash, they're not a good choice for growing your capital over the long term. So these are an alternative for savings accounts, but not really for investment accounts, unless they're being used within an investment account just to store a person's temporary cash. Yeah, that's really helpful. Well, after this break, we'll continue this conversation with Mark Biller and talk about perhaps a money market fund versus a bond fund or even an online savings account, which pays very attractive rates because they don't have the brick and mortar buildings. Uh, much more to come with executive editor at Sound Mind Investing, Mark Biller, today on the program. And then your questions at 800 525 7000. We'll be right back. Siri, what's the best way to save for college? Hmm, I'm not sure. Well, what does the Bible say about co-signing for a loan or investing for retirement? I don't know that either, but you can find those answers on the free MoneyWise app. Really? Sure. You can connect with the online community and get answers and encouragement from MoneyWise coaches. That sounds great. Siri, download the MoneyWise app. Got it. Learn, Learn more, more at MoneyWise.org. Christian Healthcare Ministries enables believers to show love for one another by sharing each other's health costs. Through CHM's voluntary health cost sharing programs, members uplift each other spiritually and financially. CHM is an eligible option under the Affordable Care Act and a Better Business Bureau accredited charity. Interested? Learn more by calling 800 791 6225 or online at chministries.org. Thanks for joining us today on MoneyWise. I'm Rob West, your host. This is where we apply God's wisdom to your financial decisions and choices. Joining me today, our good friend, Mark Biller. Mark is executive editor at SoundMind Investing. You can learn more at soundmindinvesting.org. And today we're talking money market funds. Perhaps they've been out of favor, but maybe you should take another look. We're referencing an article at soundmindinvesting.org entitled, Money Market Funds Resume Role as Solid Option for short-term cash. And again, you can read it, soundmindinvesting.org. Mark, you were providing a distinction before the break about the role of money market funds, not a replacement for investment accounts, but really as perhaps an alternative for someone's liquid cash position. Uh, Now, of course, money market funds aren't the only option for parking short-term money. So help us understand why someone might want to use, say, an 
online savings account versus a money market fund versus even a bond fund? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of it really comes down to what does a person have convenient access to within the type of account that they're looking for, whatever, as well as what is the purpose for the money. So let me just unpack this a little bit. I think it'll be clearer between these three options. So an online savings account can be a great super easy way for people to manage really excess cash that they have in their bank account. For example, say a person has their paycheck being direct deposited into a checking account at their local bank, chances are their local bank is paying next to nothing on their savings accounts. So the person might want to look outside their local bank and they can easily find an online bank like a Capital One, there are lots of other choices, too, that are going to be paying much better yields on those savings accounts. By just taking a few keystrokes, they can move money back and forth between their local checking account, their online savings account, and in doing that, they're going to pick up a few extra percent in yield. So most online savings accounts are also going to be FDIC-insured which makes them very safe. And that's a key distinction because most money market funds are not carrying that insurance. So that is an important detail to to keep in mind. Now, as we look over at money market funds, then they can also be used in almost this exact same way. But they also have one other very helpful use that online savings accounts really don't. And that is a money market fund can also be bought within most investment accounts as well. So, for example, there, when SMI told our members to sell certain stock funds earlier in the year and move those holdings to cash, it would have been a really easy thing for an SMI member to just sell their old mutual fund and turn around and buy a money market fund right there within their IRA or their whatever type of investment account they have, because they could do that just like they would buy or sell any other mutual fund. No extra hoops, no need to move money around or open new accounts. Now, when we turn our attention over to bond funds, they're kind of a different story. So bank savings accounts and money market funds They're both very similar in terms of the level of risk that's being taken. When we move over to bond funds, we need to understand that we're talking about a much broader universe of investments. And those can range from super safe, like these bank savings or money market funds, all the way out to super risky. There are bond funds that are just as risky as any stock fund that you would invest in. So it's really critical to understand exactly what you're getting when you buy a, quote, bond fund. So basically what I'm saying, Rob, is all bond funds are not created equal. There's a huge amount of variety between different types of bond funds. And that's not a bad thing. You know, the fact that there are all these different types of bond funds means that they can be used for a lot of different purposes, including as a core holding within a person's long-term investment portfolio, you just need to be sure that you're buying the right type of bond fund 
for the specific purpose that you need. And that's the type of thing that we're deciphering and explaining every month in our Sound Mind Investing newsletter. Wow, that was really helpful, Mark. I appreciate you unpacking those. A couple of questions. Going back to the money market funds, what about safety? I mean, you mentioned online savings accounts have FDIC insurance. What about folks who are wondering what that means when they give that up by going into a money market fund? Yeah, that's a great point, and it's probably the biggest reason why people do stay with online savings accounts instead of money market funds. If you look back over the 50-year history or so of money market funds, there has really only been one case where money market fund did not give back the full investment principle uh, that people had put into that fund. And that happened in 2008. There's a term for that. They call it breaking the buck because money market funds are so stable that their share price never changes from $1, typically. And in this one case in 2008, um, um, the money market fund did break the buck. Now, those investors ended up getting back, I believe it was $0.99 on every dollar they had invested. So even in that one case, the losses were extremely minimal. But it does show that there is that tiny little element of risk. And for that reason, Rob, we have always at SMI recommended that you stick with um, really big, well-known institutions for money market funds, because if you're dealing with a company like, for example, Vanguard, they have a massive uh, fund business and uh, money management business. And so you know that a a company like that is going to do everything that they can to, to avoid the the black mark on their name of being just the yes. second company to ever let their money market fund lose money for for people. So in addition to the fact that these are are very safe by their nature of the very short term high quality loans that they invest in, if you couple that with a, a really strong institutional sponsor then we feel like money market funds are, are a pretty safe option, and it doesn't concern us overly that they don't have that FDIC insurance. Yeah, that's really helpful, Mark. Uh, we've got just about 45 seconds left. You mentioned bond funds. What about those who are in retirement who have a good bit in the bond funds? They've been seeing the price drop. As the Fed begins to reach its high watermark in terms of raising interest rates, will that help these funds stabilize? It absolutely will. And I would uh, be inclined to stay to the short-term side at this point because I believe that short-term rates probably are quite close to their peak. I'm less confident about that as you move out into intermediate and longer-term rates. I think those might have more room to keep rising, but short-term rates on short-term bond funds seems to me like we're probably getting close to a peak. Excellent. Mark, great information. Thanks for stopping by. Always my pleasure, Rob. Mark Biller has been our guest today. You can read more about money market funds in their article, Money Market Funds Resume Roll is Solid Option for Short-Term Cash at soundmindinvesting.org. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org slash give. You probably have a strategy for your finances, your career, even your retirement. But do you have a strategy for your giving? At the National Christian Foundation, we can help you create a giving strategy to inspire your family, maximize your resources, and leave a lasting legacy of faith. To learn how, visit moneywise.org slash ncf. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. We'd love to help you tackle any financial question, uh, whether it's saving or giving, perhaps paying down debt or your lifestyle, your spending plan. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. All right, let's begin today in Crown Point, Indiana. Mary, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, um, I was calling because I was left a little bit of money from my mom when she passed, and I have three grandchildren, and I I would like to open them some kind of a savings, not actually a savings, I'd like to open them an IRA. <laughs> now, yeah. two of them are in college and the other's in high school, and I told them if I open this, it's you're just to put money in and never take it out. Um, but I wanted to know if that's a good way to start them out, or should I do it with some other type of saving plan or or something like that. Yeah, well, I think the key is to define uh, what the purpose of this money is. Let's first tackle whether or not you're even able to put the money into an IRA for kids. Uh, You are to the extent they have earned income. So they would have to have jobs and you could only put in money up to the limit. So the, that's the contribution limit for the year, which happens to be uh, $6,000 for this year. And, and then it's only up to, uh, the earned income that they have until you reach that $6,000 cap. So are, do they all have jobs? Um, the, well, they're in college and they have jobs in the college, but I don't know if that's to help pay for their college or if it's their money. Well, sure it doesn't, works, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter what they use it for. It's really in terms of the ability to contribute to an IRA in their name. Uh, it's really only up to the amount of earned income that they have that would be subject to taxes. Now, they may not pay any taxes because they may be below the standard deduction, but if they have earned income, uh, you know, they would be able to contribute or e- you could on their behalf into an IRA in their name. Uh, but if they don't have jobs or, you know, they're only earning a few hundred dollars, then you could only contribute up to the amount of earned income uh, that they have. Uh, beyond that, um, you know, you, I think we need to back up and decide what's the purpose of this money. Is it specifically for college uh, or is it, you know, money that you truly want them to sock away for the future as in 40 years down the road for retirement? And I fully believe that this is a great use of the money if that was something you wanted to do for them and they had that earned income a lot 
allowing them to make that contribution or to you to do it into their custodial IRA. That would be great. There's nothing more uh, powerful than the power of compounding over a long period of time, and this would certainly get them going toward retirement savings. But uh, give me your thoughts on just how you want the money to be used. Um, well, for because I was I was fortunate to to get a job where I was able to you know um, make some money and put some into I got a, a pension and and a four hundred one k, but my thought was the, with the IRA that it would be their savings for their older age. <laughs> I was yeah. kind of helping them start that because I'm not sure where they're going to end up with jobs if they're going to have that and if. They were, and I told them, if you contribute to that, it'll always be for your money when you need it when you're older. Yes. So um, I'm, I'm encouraging them to start that now while they're, when they're 18 and 19. Yes. And start Very. saving in there. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah. So I think if, if that's really your heart's desire, and that is to encourage the, the long-term systematic savings, you know, for retirement to begin that now to begin to realize the power of that compounding over a long period of time, that's a great thing to do. And, um, it's going to come down to opening an account. So that basically the way you do that is you have to have an adult custodian account. So there'd be an adult on it that could be you or their, their parents. Uh, and then they would be named on it as well. It becomes their account solely when they reach the age of majority, which is 18 in most states. Um, so there's no minimum age, but there is that requirement that it can only be up to the limit, which is 6000 for this year, and only up to the amount uh, of earned income that they have. So you would go open those custodial IRAs, and then you could make that contribution up to the earned income that they have for the year, no more than $6,000. Uh, to Illinois, Susan, you're next on the program. Go ahead. Yes, I'm 65 this year. Um, I have an emergency fund established. I rent, but my rent went up $320. My oldest child um, who lives out of state, him and his wife want to buy a property here to um, stabilize my rent. As I'm going into retirement, I am planning on continuing to work. Um, I told I told them I think you know they they make good money, but I don't think they have they have four children. With they don't have a college fund established for their children, so I feel like they need to establish their own um, those things before they try to help me. Yeah. Yeah, and so you're just wondering how to navigate that with them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this is tough because obviously, I mean, I think if it were me, uh, Susan, what I would do would be just to approach them with that same heart, you know, sentiment that you just expressed to me and just say, listen, I love that you guys want to help me. And here's my thought. You know, I, I think I want you all to make sure that you're doing what you need to do for your own financial future first. And I love you and I appreciate your desire to help, but that's, you know, what my concern is. And at the end of the day, Susan, if they just decide, listen, the Lord has impressed upon us, uh, to give 
to you and to help in this way, um, I think that's great. And I would allow them to do that. I mean, uh, obviously, it's something that they have a, a burden for. Uh, I think as long as you've made your desire known, then given them permission to say as much as I can use your help, I would really want you guys to focus on yourselves. Um, I think you'll come to the right conclusion uh, where either you say, you know what, I'm just going to be willing to receive this and be grateful for it and know that that's going to bless them in doing that. Or they might say, you know what, we really appreciate that. And we'll take that counsel and, and, um, and go, you know, put that money to work. And, you know, that'll make you feel good as well. But I think the key is just open and honest communication here and an understanding that, you know, at the end of the day, this may be something that really just gives them a lot of joy to be able to do. So let us know how that turns out, Susan. Be prayed up. Ask the Lord to intervene as you have that conversation. And um, I would uh, love to hear how it turns out. God bless you very much. Well, folks, we've covered a lot of ground today, a lot of great questions uh, running the gamut of financial decisions and choices. It's such a privilege to be able to come alongside you each day as we talk about how we can each be found faithful in serving the Lord and being a good steward of His resources. We are listener-supported. If you'd like to support us, you can do that at moneywise.org. Thank you to Gabby T., Dan Anderson, Amy Rios, and Robert Sutherland. I hope you'll come back and join us tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Moneywise is provided by Moneywise Media and listeners like you. 